Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Up. It's time for Tim. The Tim Weisberg Show on 1420 WBSM and streaming live on WBSM.com and the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message through the WBSM app. And now, WBSM's big gun, Tim Weisberg. And good morning. Welcome into the program. Happy Thursday to you. It's foggy out there. It's uh, You really can't see too far in front of your face, so if you're heading out somewhere, take it slow. And we've got a show for you that'll be nothing but clarity. <laughs> uh, coming up in the next hour, it's going to be the discussion a lot of you have been waiting for. We're going to have New Bedford City Council President Linda Morad here in studio with us, taking your phone calls at 508-996-0500. So we will have... Um, the open phones we will have the app chat going we will have the uh, open line voicemail option going those are both on the wbsm app and we'll take your questions and comments for new bedford city council president linda morad in hour two but before we get into that i talked a little bit with the mayor yesterday and if you didn't hear the discussion of course it's always available as part of our podcast at wbsm.com and on the app and wherever you find your podcasts and we talked about the Zaitarian's 100th. The Zaitarian turned 100 years old this past weekend. And, of course, as you know, they're undergoing a big $31 million restoration slash renovation that will really, it'll modernize the theater, but also keep a lot of its history in mind. And it's going to be, oh, it's going to be, I think, uh, game-changing for that facility. I think it's, I mean, it's already a great facility, in my opinion. I've seen a lot of things over there over the years, and I think that it'll be something that will certainly entice even more folks to come and check it out. But because it's the 100th, I was more interested in the history more than what's going to be happening in the future. And as as I read this uh, press release that the Zaitarian put out last week or the week before about the 100th coming up, and they were talking about, they talked just a little bit about how it started. And they mentioned, I think in the press release, they mentioned what the show was that was the first show there. I don't know if it was there, if I read it somewhere else. but And so I started digging into that. And I said, well, what was that show? What was it all about? So I wanted to write something that would kind of look back at opening night of the Zyterian and what it was like on that first day and kind of also a little bit of the history as to why the Zyterian was built. Because if you remember in our conversation with the mayor yesterday, he said, 
at one point the city had 17 theaters and not like not like today where it's so it's not as many as it used to be but like let's go back to the 90s when movies were really popular the 80s the 90s there were movie theaters everywhere movie theaters i'm speaking not not performance theaters there were movie theaters everywhere just in New Bedford, you know, in this area, you had Cinema 140. You had the Dartmouth Mall. Uh, a flagship came in toward the end of the, was it the early 2000s? Uh, we had the Harbor Mall and Fall River. That's just like right around here. Going to the movies in Wareham, I could go to Kingston. I could go to Hyannis. Uh, I could go to, I would go to Randolph. I would go to Braintree. I would go to Sandwich. I would go to, did I say Hyannis? I would go to Hyannis. Like there were uh, Yarmouth. There were theaters all over the place. And those are kind of fading away now. But when, and you would find theaters in the weirdest places. When I was a kid in the 80s, one of the theaters we would go to was in Randolph in this strip mall. And it was just one store in a strip mall, like one space in a strip mall that had two screens. And it wasn't very large at all. I think each theater probably had like 50 seats. But they would get first-run movies. So, but this wasn't like that, where there was a, a whole bunch of different theaters everywhere, but there were these small ones, or maybe this one's a Cineplex, and this one's this, and this one's that. These were all big, stately buildings. And Barry has written about them before with some historic photos. You can find those on, on WBSM.com. And they were... Palatial, like each one tried to outdo the other because they wanted going to the theater, whether it be, you know, especially in the days of when they were vaudeville theaters, they wanted it to be an experience. It wasn't just about the performance that you were seeing. It was about the overall experience of going. And so when the Zyterian was built, that was... Opulence was something that it was going for. They wanted it to be an experience because not to mention the theater a little bit further down in the South End, the Orpheum Theater, was a very opulent. And it was a, a crown jewel for the city. So they needed to have something that would compete. And as I explained a little bit with the mayor yesterday, I didn't get too deep into it because I'm, I'm sure I would have bored him but with my nerdy trivia knowledge of things. The reason why there was another theater built and built relatively close to the Orpheum is because there were different circuits in the days of vaudeville. And I lay it all out in the story I have at WBSM.com and on the app, but I'll give you a rough idea of it. So there were there were these different circuits, and what, what it meant to have a circuit is there would be a show that would go through that circuit. So the people who own that circuit of theaters, and it was, it was basically a partnership of all the theater owners or the circuit itself owned the theaters, and they would decide what, what, to, what talent to book, what shows to put on. And then it would tour from town to town. And this was this is a model that is still out there today. Until the Ringling Brothers Circus went away. This was what the what the circus did. They they went on a circuit. 
this is what concerts do. They get a little bit more selective now about where concerts are, but this is this is how they do it. You know, wrestling, WWE has built its own circuit. It knows where it's going and when and all of that. So anyway, and it's it has its regular facilities that it holds events in. So the Orpheum circuit was one of the bigger circuits. It was, I think, the second biggest behind the B.F. Keith circuit, but they eventually merged. They eventually merged with another, and then became, they became known as the Radio Keith Orpheum circuit, or RKO. That's where RKO comes from. RKO out of nowhere. But they had that Orpheum circuit already in play, and the Keith circuit already in play, and these have been successful for decades. And in 1921, the Schubert family decided they're going to fund a new circuit for vaudeville. And if you don't know what vaudeville is, it was, it was a, you would go to a vaudeville show and it would be a variety of different types of performances. Kind of like what we would call a variety show today. You would go and you would see comedic acts with funny sketches and, you know, the, the precursors of what was stand-up comedy. You would see performers like people that could, you know, people that could uh, spin many plates on a stick. You would see all different types of performances. Operatic singers. It was designed to be accessible entertainment for everyone and to have a little something for everybody. So they would book these acts and the acts that were on the Keith circuit and the Orpheum circuit would only go to those theaters. And they felt like there was... They could have another vaudeville circuit with some other acts because there were a lot of a lot of acts coming out around that time. But the Schubert circuit needed theaters. And they went into some existing theaters already, which is why, you know, in some some places you have a Schubert theater. So in Boston you have an Orpheum and a Schubert because the circuit both the came both circuits came through and built their own theaters for that. In New Bedford, the Zeitz family built a theater for the Schubert Circuit. Now, the Schubert Circuit unfortunately collapsed. The, the, the vaudeville portion of it, they went out of business really just before the first show at the Zeiterian. In February of 1923, they were starting to say, okay, no, 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 no more vaudeville. This isn't working for us. We're going to start shifting to movies. Movies had become popular then, even though they weren't. There was no sound yet. They, they hadn't come out with the talkies yet. But then by the time the talkies came out in, I think, 1927, the jazz singer, and the explosion of talkies after that, that was it. You know, movies became it. Vaudeville was dead by that point, really. So the, this theater was built to accommodate the Schubert circuit. And the first show that came in starred one of the biggest vaudevillians of the time. His name was George Jessel. And some of you probably remember watching TV in the 60s and the 70s and, and seeing George Jessel as an older comedian that would appear on variety shows and talk shows and he would do his stand-up bit. He was famous for his Hello Mama bit where he would, he would have a phone call with his mother on the phone on the stage, but you only heard his side of it. And, they, they, you know, it was always a little bit different. He never did the same jokes all the time, but it was, a, it was just a very funny conceit. And so 
George Jessel, though, in 1923, was a big star. In 1919, he had decided to kind of go off on his own instead of being in other people's variety shows and create his own show, what they called the Review, R-E-V-U-E. And these were shows where they would kind of look back at the year, the year that was and they would parody it. Satire. Adding in like songs and sketches and things like that. And so he started with... George Jessel's Troubles in 1919, and then it became the Troubles series. So he would have the Troubles of 1920, 1921. So it was always the year prior. So when it came through the Zyterian on opening night, April 1st, 1923, it was the Troubles of 1922. And there were a couple of songs that came out of that that show that went on to become kind of well-known. And uh, in the story, I put in YouTube videos so that you can hear those songs and see if you recognize them. I also put in the George Jessel Hello Mama bit from the Phil Harris show, so you can check that out if you want to see it. But the, I think the bigger song that came out of it, and some of you may know it, but it was called, uh, hold on, When You and I Were Young Maggie Blues. And Bing Crosby put out a recording of it with his son Gary Crosby the two of them together. So that might be a song that some of you older folks may be familiar with. But I I kind of lay out all the history of it, and it's it's fascinating to me because I'm, I'm just trying to imagine a world of 1923 New Bedford where there were 17 different stately theaters for people to visit, and they're all, they're all, they all have shows. The only thing I can kind of liken it to is, you know, if you go out on a Friday night and you're like, well, where do we want to go? Like, which bar do we want to go to to see a DJ or a band? Or maybe there's a stand-up show, an open mic night. You know, that's what this was like. You would say, well, we can go see this show. We can go see this show or go see this show. And I'm, I'm just wondering who else came through New Bedford. And the Zyterian, of course, has a great, archive of their history and someday I want to dive into it all with them like did the Marx Brothers come to New Bedford because they were huge vaudeville stars in the early 1920s they became famous for a a vaudeville skit called fun in high school so I wonder did they come through here whether it be the Orpheum Theater or the Zyterian did they come through the Zyterian the uh, Orpheum was built 10 years before the Zyterian. So it's entirely possible that the Marx Brothers could have come through. Who else? W.C. Fields was a big vaudeville star. Gallagher and Sheehan. Laurel and Hardy. So there were people who were out there doing... uh, Ted Healy and his Stooges. Originally, the three Stooges had a straight man. Ted Healy, the guy who created the act. So they could have all come through here. They probably did all come through here. So I, I, I find it fascinating. And I, I hope that you do too. I hope that you'll take a few minutes to read that article. 
and check out some of those songs and some of the videos that I put in there. And uh, you can also see the full-page ad, the full-page program that ran in the New Bedford Sunday Standard. This is before it became the Standard Times. It was the Evening Standard. But this was the Sunday edition because April 1st was the Sunday then. And the what it was is it served as the program for the show. You know how when you go to the theater and they hand you a playbill or a program or something at the beginning of the show to let you know who is playing the different characters and what songs will be featured and things like that. They published the program in the newspaper. And the Zaitarian who, uh, Maria over at the Zaitarian was awesome about helping me putting, putting together this story. And she sent me a full page scan of the program on day one, the grand opening. I'm sorry, it was April 2nd that it opened. My bad. Uh, but the, you can see the full page ad for yourself. It was also Easter weekend, just like this, this year. So, um, you can see that for yourself, but when we come back, I gotta take a break. I want to just give you some of the, the ways that they described the Zyterian in that newspaper ad slash program to describe it on, on opening, opening night. So we'll take a break. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Stay tuned. been requested to sing an old-time song. Ah, uh, you're just the man to do it, Pappy. Don't get flipped. There's three very clever lads waiting at home to replace you. Something our granddaddies used to sing. Granddaddies? Why, you told me you started it. Shh, Luella might be listening. But I have a little plan, and I'll do the best I can to sing an old song so we all can understand. You simply take a favorite day, then you flavor it with just a note or two of blue harmony. Tell the orchestra to play staccato, and then you jazz a little lively guy. When you and I were young, Maggie Blues, originally written for The Troubles of 1922, which was the very first show ever performed. At the Zyterian Theater 100 years ago this week. And as I mentioned, I would tell you some of the language that was used in the, uh, the program slash advertisement that ran in the New Bedford Sunday Standard on April 1st, 1923. And uh, this, I, I found this to be funny because the newspaper ran it saying this. But it says... Newspaper and print are poor mediums for which to convey to you the myriad artistic beauties of color and design so effectively used in the interior decorating of the Zyterian. All right, I'll stop putting on the affectation. It is a safe. It is safe to assert that you have never saw. Oh, it's safe to assert that you never saw. Uh, sorry, it's it's very blurry. I had to blow up an old ad here. It is safe to assert that you never saw a handsomer piece of work in any theater anywhere. That's a bold claim, Zeitz family. It is New Bedford's Playhouse, and New Bedford is going to, um, I, it's kind of folded, but become as proud of it as the management is. Down to the minutest detail, exceptional care has been taken to make it not only the newest, but the best. We are satisfied to leave the verdict in your hands. The designs are none of them stock. 
They were all made to order so as to harmonize with the general aesthetic effect. The result is astounding. You're going to like the Zyterian, and the better you come to know and to appreciate it, the more you're going to like it. And I would say after 100 years, people people have grown to like it, for sure. Um, and that was on one side of the ad under the heading announcement. And then on the other side of the ad under the heading of announcement, uh, this, this one kind of gets a little bit into what people could expect from the shows that would be at the Zyterian when it opened in 1923. So... In presenting the Zyterian to the public of New Bedford, the management wishes to, again, some of this is folded, uh, to, assure, to assure that the neither trouble nor expense has been considered in building a comfortable, commodious, and convenient family theater, so neither trouble nor expense will be considered in obtaining the highest type of entertainment. Schubert's Vaudeville, recognized as the, as the world's greatest, will play here for star headliners will appear regularly. You may rely upon our announcements. There will be no extravagance of phraseology, exaggeration of talent, or misstatement of facts. We intend to give New Bedford first-class productions of Metropolitan Standard. We believe there are enough theater-going people in the city to support such productions. The management solicits your support on this basis alone. Hold on, let me put the caller on hold. Uh, the opening bill of five Schubert vaudeville acts and a musical satire on the review craze is one of the best that has ever happened here. If you enjoy this kind of entertainment, you, we know you will appreciate the troubles of 1922. We ask for your patronage only so long as we maintain the high standard of the opening attraction. So again, this, is, this was a big deal. They were bringing in a big star in, in George Jessel, supported by the Courtney sisters, uh, in the production of The Troubles of 1922. So let me uh, let me go to the phones here. Hang on one second. Good morning. You were on WBSM. Hello. Yeah, I'm glad that the theater's going to look great. And, you know, so you pay a little more, but you get a lot more. So that's a good deal. I don't I don't know if they're going to raise prices too much as part of this. Uh, they've been doing a lot of fundraising and getting some yeah, of the ARPA money. And... Prices? I'm sorry? You think they might lower the prices and pack the house? Well, they so what they do is they do a variety of different types of shows there. So there might be a show yeah, where it costs you like $30 for a ticket. There might be one where it costs you 60 And then there might be, you know, sometimes they run some movies and it's 5 bucks to get in. Yeah, well, I know. Yeah, I get it. When I want entertainment, I pay what the scale is depending on uh, on the level that I'm uh, concerned about. And, and, really and on how much it. they have to pay the act to come in. No, yeah, well, pay the act what you can, you know, whatever. Nobody's going to do it pro bono. Like, I mean, it's entertainment, and uh, it's uh, a great venue now that they've improved it. So, I mean, uh, look at Deval Patrick. Uh, he didn't prove the, uh, before he left, he was lame duck. Before he left his office, he put $10 million in renovations in there for, uh, for a rhino governor, and I think it worked out fine. I, I do. I, I mean, you go into that room, it just knocked over with a gold toilet. i never seen nothing like it. Oh, I've seen a gold toilet, but it's an it was an Ernie Box's uh it was an Ernie Box luxury box at Gillette Stadium. Oh my god. I mean that's living large. Fifteen thousand dollar toilet. I paid twenty bucks a roll for my paper to go into that majestic <laughs> room with a nice magazine or something and just sit there. Them seats must be comfortable. Heated, I think. Oh yeah, definitely heated seats. The joke was for that for for that price for a toilet, you don't even have to push. <laughs> 
Oh, I gotta, I gotta write that one. That's a good one. But, yeah, hey, you know, talking about plush and luxury and everything. When are them obsolete trains gonna start running? Do, do we got? I hear they had a guy with a broom to sweep the cobwebs off the seats. They're talking about ridership. Uh, it'll be what the, hell's going the, on the, here? the plan is for it to start in December. My God, there's nothing like it. The the I can so, wait uh, another six or seven years. I don't plan on going nowhere. No, as long as as long as uh, everything stays uh, according to plan with the timing, it would be December of this year. And I'm going to guess that with the the winter that we had, where they were able to continue doing a lot of work, uh, that things are probably, pardon the pun, still on track. I'll pay whatever it is because it's a good thing. It's just late. You know, maybe we can adapt and be, create a new normal and make it useful to us. I, I just don't want no broken windows. I love window seats. I really do enjoy the view. I uh, take the one out of Lakeville up to Boston, and it's only like eight dollars. Yeah, and uh, it's a wonderful ride. You know, well, Brockton can be tough depending on what's going down, and because they do like three stops in Brockton, but uh, after that, it's a great shot right into the station, South Station, and uh, there's great venues at South Station. You're not that far I mean, from the theater district. You can go to the Schubert Theater. You can go to the Orpheum. You can yeah. go to all those theaters up in Boston. That's exactly correct, and and yet they don't advertise those. Uh, no, you expand people's minds. It's a, I hope New Bedford gets the same situation where when you when you hit the end of the line, you step out and there's a beautiful place to uh, reorganize yourself. No gold toilets, but you know silver ones maybe, and uh, relax and enjoy and talk to people. You can meet a lot of people at South Station. I hope they. No, I was say, I try to I try to avoid meeting people at the toilet. I don't. I don't talk to anybody in I the men's room. I know, I'm always interested in stuff because I'm an odd person, so I, I like to get attention in places like that. You know, I'm just so <laughs> happy now that you got unisex bathrooms. Just and stuff. Res respect the rule. Keep one you urinal in between us. And when nobody's looking, do what the hell you want. To do. No, no. The rule. The rule is if if <laughs> you hey, don't have cameras in these. No, bathrooms, keep one urinal in between us. If you go up to the urinal next to somebody unnecessarily, it's weird. It's always strange. I remember some guy said, politician said. Uh, Oh, yeah, I touch a guy in the stall next to me. I, I, I have a wide stance when I'm doing my... Uh, yeah. No, I remember, I remember that, yeah. Remember that crazy statement? Yep. I'm still practicing. What the hell stance? I tried everyone. I said, how the hell would I do that? I don't know. Anyway, okay. I believe everything well. they tell me, you know, <laughs> right. because I'm a nice guy. Well, thank you for the call. You have a good day. You're very welcome. Take care. 508-996-0500 if you want to call in and chime in. Um, but I was mentioning uh, some of the show's that are uh, coming to the Zyterian as part of this 100th year. Uh, you know, Phil Devitt was just telling me how he went and saw David Sedaris over the weekend. Uh, you know, Ruben Stuttered and Clay Aiken, Tape Face. They're going to be showing Indiana Jones. Wait, when is that? Sunday, April 16th at 2 p.m. I might, uh, just to go see Raiders of the Lost Ark on the big screen again, I might go see that. Uh, but they have so many great shows. The Wiz coming up. Um, Tavares is going to have a show, a couple of shows. So, oh, they're showing Pulp Fiction on the big screen. Tuesday, May 23rd, 7 p.m. Yep, you know where you'll find me that night. I saw that movie six times in the theater. Uh, Buster Keaton double feature, Sunday, June 11th. This is one of, the, these are the films that people would have gone to see in the original days. So, you know, I'm looking forward to a lot of these. Bernadette Peters, uh, Zaytarian, if you're listening. You know how you would like to advertise on the station and you like to have some of the special performers come on and do interviews with us can you make a young boy's dream come true and let me interview Bernadette Peters 
Oh, man, did I have the biggest crush on her when I was a kid. Not only from, you know, Annie. My sisters used to watch that all the time. But uh, one of my favorite movies that I haven't seen probably in 25, 30 years. Pink Cadillac with her and Clint Eastwood. Oh, man. I definitely had a huge crush on her in that movie. Anyway. 508-996-0500. Before I get a little overheated here, let me take my next break. Don't forget, we have um, New Bedford City Council President Linda Morad joining us in the next hour to take your phone calls. So you're going to want to call in at 508-996-0500. We'll be back in just a few moments. Yes, I'm out. <laughs> Lost my heart today, found it right away, when I looked into a pair of eyes. And I'll tell you straight, everything looks great, all day long I sing this song. Well, welcome back in. So, this is Baby Blue Eyes, which was another big song from the Troubles of 1922. And I apologize for the off-key singing. So, that was the only YouTube video I could find of this song. So, any of you who are a great singer, I recommend you upload a YouTube video of you singing this song. Don't worry about copyrights. It's from 1922, so it's pre-copyright. If you want to, um, if you want to record a better version of that song and and then send me the YouTube link, I will gladly replace the link in the story from that particular recording. So what it was was so you can find if you if you look up uh, Baby Blue Eyes, you can find that piano track, somebody playing you know the the piano uh, instrumental version of the song. That's like a. a uh, mp3 file that's out there on the internet so i think what that person did is they took that and then they they sang over it but they sang horribly off key so if you could do a better version of it and you upload that video send me the link tim at wbsm.com and uh i'll put it into the story so thousands of people tens of thousands of people maybe even hundreds of thousands of people will see and hear your video as a result so if you want if you want to do that I would recommend it. I actually I was like I should just record a version of it. I could sing it better than that. Probably not. But um yeah, so that is Baby Blue Eyes, the other big song from that. Also my apologies, I hit two breaks in a row by accident. So uh we have uh, the next 10 minutes to take your phone calls at 508 508- 996-0500 or hit us up on app chat on the WBSM app or leave us a voicemail using open line on the WBSM app and we'll play it on the air. But right now we do have someone on the phones. Good morning. You are on WBSM. Good morning, Tim. How are you? Well, uh, it's still kicking. I guess it's a good thing. That's right? all you can ask for, right? Yeah. You know, I want to talk about the, high, the housing crisis and how it's linked uh, to the the migrants and you know the, uh, the the crisis that we have here—we're being overrun, 
you know, that news story that broke uh, on New Bedford Light and on your radio station about the fish processing plants, Blue mm-hmm. Harvest Fisheries and Eastern Fisheries, and uh, B, uh, BN, BJ uh, Temp Agency that was supplying uh, them with the uh, these migrant workers. You know, but uh, the mayor and the city council says, no, no, don't look over there. Don't look at the fisheries. Don't look at the migrants. Don't don't trust your eyes. No, no, look over here. Look at my $22.22 million uh, federal grant for housing. For homelessness. Look over there. Don't, don't look. It's like the sleight of hand. So, so, you, so you think that the city is being overrun with illegal immigrants, and that's why people can't find homes. That's, yeah, that's part of it. Right. They're renting the rooms. Uh, if, you go, uh, if you go by uh, Market Basket there on Sawyer Street, there's this lime green house with a sign outside. It says $600 per room. Mm-hmm. And uh, I heard on your radio station, someone said that, that building that burnt down on a Cushionet Avenue that it's the same owner owns that building. Now, I don't know, but that's what they said. Uh, but this is a problem that we have here. And I think, uh, I think the, the surge of migrants has something to do with it. And what I found really, uh, well, I shouldn't be shocked to hear it, but when I listened to, because I listened to uh, Jim Phillips on Sunday, his Town, Square, mm-hmm. uh, Town Square Sunday, and let me say he does a, an awesome job, very good job. And when he had uh, Elena Hughes, the, uh, the Silver Hughes, uh, the president of the uh, Immigrant Assistance Center, she says that migrants are coming into the city every day. Now, that's, uh, that's troubling. And I know the mayor's in the past. Uh, he's had interviews with you on Wednesdays, and, and he says he's open. The city's open to take you know, the children of uh, migrants to put them in our schools. And he's open to people coming in from Ukraine, Afghanistan. And all of these other places, and that's the leading. Uh, that's one of the, co- uh, the uh, contributing factors to our housing crisis. But the mayor and the city council said, "No, no, no! Don't look over there. Look at my twenty-two point twenty-two million dollar federal grant for the housing to, to to try to alleviate some of the hurt." That's the contradictions that we're facing in the city. It's a sleight of hand, like a magician. Okay, so the other part of that is who is doing those jobs if not for those workers? Let me just say this. There are laws in immigration. If you want, if let's say you have a shortage, uh, you, you hire them on work visas, and that's part of immigration law. They do it all the time on the farms, especially in California, when it's, you know, to, to pick potatoes or whatever. Uh, when they have a shortage, they, uh, they come on work visas, like student visas. What we're saying is... Just uh, obey the laws on the books. Now, if we're a law of nations, they're making a big whoop to do about Donald Trump. You see, no one's above the law. You know, Liz Warren and Ed Markey and Bill Kennedy, no one's above the law. But yet, these, com- these, uh, these companies can do whatever they want, and our, and our elected officials turn the blind eye and say, well, you know, we're going to overlook that. That's okay, because it's a double standard in, here in our country. Some people... You know, they're, they're held to the letter of the law. And the other ones, well, you know, eh, you contributed to my campaign. Eh, well, don't talk about it. Let's, let's keep it hush-hush. All right. Well, I'm going to hold you there. Thank you for the call. All right, Tim. Take you have care. a good day. 508-996-0500 if you want to call in and react to that. Uh, you can also 
send in an app chat message. Uh, we have been getting some app chat messages, which I don't want people to think that I have been ignoring. Uh, but Al in Somerset, going back to the Zyterian, says, Hi, Tim, I commend you on the Z article. Very interesting. George Jessel is quite the comedian. The Z has a lot of stories behind it. And um, uh, Bob Cabral wants me to ask Council President Morad when she comes in when we can expect to see live streaming of all meetings and committees. This will help the council in being transparent. It would also protect them from unfair criticism from the press about many deals being behind closed doors. One would think schools that have video programs would step up or NBC cable, or uh, New Bedford cable, rather. Stationary cameras do not require human assistance. Many towns do it. It's also a no-brainer. Many have asked me about this. So I talk, as I mentioned before on the show, I talked to Jim Marshall about it and uh, who runs things over there at New Bedford Cable Network. And he explained to me some of the intricacies of how they would have to do it and and how it would work. And they do need human operators. Uh, and they do need to make, because what happens if something goes wrong in the middle of the broadcast? So they do need people to, to be doing it. He talked the same thing about getting more people that would be volunteers for doing it might, might be a possibility. Uh, but that also there's some other factors that go into it because they may have things happening in the main chamber, and that's great because they have all of that rigged up. But when they go into the side sessions, they don't have that. Or if they have a... And, and so what their plan is, and, and Council President Moore can probably give us a little bit more info, depending on what she knows, is they, they certainly want to start off streaming the full council meetings, and they want to start off uh, streaming any committee meeting that's a full council committee so any committee that has all 11 counselors on it they want to start streaming those meetings so we'll we'll see how that goes but jim was telling me that it's it's close and that there's just a few hurdles that they have to get by to be able to do that um so i just as an example last night i watched the, the freetown lakeville school committee meeting because you know, all of the stuff that was going on in, in, in Kayla Churchill's campaign and accusing one of the school committee members of inappropriate relations with former students and all this kind of stuff. Uh, I'm not, not going to get into it all in the, the minute I have here before the news, but I wanted to watch to see you know what happened because in the public participation section, people brought it up. Um, the school committee member did not address it then, but he is... Um, you know, I've been in communication with him, so it's not something he's ignoring. And this was, you know, a, a really good example of, of how, how it can work and how it can, how it can be effective. There was about 50 people in there watching it, commenting. And, uh, you know, that's only 50 people, sure, but that's 50 more people than were able to make it into the meeting. And if you've been in the council chambers, you can get more people streaming than you can sitting in that in that chamber watching what goes on so i'm sure that they want to have that happening and uh and again we'll we'll see if we can get an update but it's certainly something that is close definitely closer than it was jim was kind of razzing me a little bit because i uh i always say i'll come down there and i'll help you set it up i'll, I'll give me 50 bucks in a couple of hours and i'll get you up and running and he's like it's not that easy you know that it isn't i was like yeah i know i'm being facetious but I think people got more of an appetite for seeing government in action too during the pandemic when everything was happening on Zoom so they could actually see the way that it plays out. And so they were kind of hoping that that would be continuing on, but hasn't been the case yet. All right, well, we are going to have Council President Morad here with us uh, coming up after the news. We will take your phone calls at 508-996-0500. 
We will also take your app chat messages. We will also take your open line voicemails on the WBSM app. Uh, those are great ways to reach us anytime. And if you, um, if you want to call in with your questions, that's the best. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.